Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the Unlocking British English podcast. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to be talking to you guys about three principles that helped me to learn Spanish in under a year. So I'll talk about three principles, three ideas, three concepts uh, around language learning, how to learn a language uh, that were really helpful for me and that I think will also be very helpful for you guys. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, before I jump into the episode though, I just want to remind you guys that if you would like to download the transcript for this episode, uh, you can do that for free right now uh, on the website. So if you just go to the description uh, or information box wherever you're listening to this episode, you'll be able to click on the link and download the transcript so you can read along with the episode or you can check it afterwards, uh, look up any unknown words or any phrases and things like that. So uh, yeah, without any more uh, delay, let's jump into the episode. So three things that helped me learn Spanish in under a year. So the first principle I'm going to talk about today is is that it's really important to make the language that you are learning a part of your life. So let's picture the scene. You're a grown adult, you're studying university, you're working all day, you've got kids, you've got a mortgage, you've got whatever, how many, however many uh, responsibilities, you're doing your work all day, you get home and then you think to yourself, right, I've got to sit down and do an hour of language learning. How likely is it that after your long day of studying, that your long day of working, after you've made dinner, after you've looked after the kids, after you've done the homework, after you've done whatever else, after you've edited your videos or recorded whatever else you need to do, that you're going to be able to actually sit down and make time to be able to do this. Uh, it's very difficult as adults for us to find extra time. Or, or I should say it's very difficult for us as adults to make extra time because realistically all of us have time in our day but to be able to mark out an hour, two hours, half an hour, whatever uh, isn't always the easiest thing. So what am I talking about when I say make the language a part of your life? The way that I thought about incorporating Spanish into my life was just to look at the kind of activities that I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis, i.e. what do I do on a normal day, and try and, to, uh, and try and switch as many of those activities into English as possible. So for example, uh, as just as an easy example, uh, I like to watch a lot of Netflix shows. So in the evening after I finish working, after I finish teaching, uh, I like to sit and watch Netflix or sit and watch YouTube or something that's kind of entertaining. So instead of watching Netflix shows in English, I would try and watch Netflix shows in Spanish. Instead of trying to watch uh, videos on YouTube about mm, basketball or about learning languages, for example, in English, I would try and find content around those things um, in Spanish. And so the first thing, obviously, is that this eliminates the problem of having to find extra time in my day, of having to change my life, right, to fit this language in, uh, because I'm just replacing things I was already doing. Uh, but the second thing is it's also making sure that I'm engaging in activities that are actually genuinely interesting to me, right? I'm not forcing myself to, instead of sitting and watching a series that I like, read a children's book or study a grammar book or something like that. Uh, that's not to say that either of those activities are objectively bad, right? Those aren't terrible things to do, uh, but they're generally not things that people enjoy to do, especially adult language learners. So um, yeah, making the language a part of your life is very important. Uh, so the first thing that you can do is to yeah look for activities uh, that you already do in your normal day-to-day -day life and try and convert them into English. Um, so yeah, I mean, I gave the example of, of, of Netflix shows, but obviously it doesn't matter what you do, whether it's, you know, reading or cooking or whatever it is, try and find a way to make 
make English a part of that activity. Um, the second way that you can make the language a part of your life is to use your kind of uh, spare time or your dead time or time where you are not actively engaged with both your mind and your body in something. Uh, so for example, uh, maybe you get up in the morning and you do a bit of exercise or you get up in the morning and you uh, you tidy up the kitchen or you unload the dishwasher or you go for a walk or whatever it is um, or you your commute to to work for example if you're driving to work or you're getting the train for example um, time where maybe you're doing something but you're not fully committed um, to the action you don't it doesn't need a hundred percent of your focus uh, that is also time that you can incorporate the language so if I use another simple example, three times a week in the morning before I start teaching, I do some exercise at home. And so during that time, I listen to a Spanish podcast uh, because one of the languages that I'm still learning and improving is, is Spanish. Uh, I put on a, a podcast in Spanish. And so whilst I'm training, obviously, I'm occupied in exercising. I'm doing those kind of things. But that's only being physically occupied right it's physical occupation my mind doesn't really have to think about so many things right if I'm doing a press-up it's not so complicated uh, so if I have Spanish on in the background I that's giving my brain more time to you know absorb this new vocabulary absorb these new grammar structures hear all these different things and just start piecing this all together because at the end of the day learning a language is just about mass exposure uh, to that language which leads me nicely into uh, principle two. So the second principle that I want to talk about today is uh, trust the process. So what do I mean by that? This is kind of twofold again. Um, the first thing that I mean when I say trust the process is that language learning is a long-term activity. It's a long-term target, a long-term goal, uh, something that's not going to happen overnight. And so when we first start learning a language, it's all very exciting and every day is something new and you notice that you want, uh, one day you knew three words, the next you know five, now you know seven. It's very easy to see that I'm improving. But once I get past that very initial phase, uh, my, my progress starts to slow down a lot. Uh, or our progress, everyone's progress in general starts to slow down a lot uh, and you don't necessarily see your progress day to day, week to week or even month to month uh, and so it's very easy to get uh, to be a little bit disappointed, to get a little bit kind of depressed in terms of your, your results because you feel like you're you're putting in work but you're not improving um, and this is why I say trust the process because it's a long-term process and all of the work that you do on a daily basis all compiles, it all adds up, it all sits on top of each other over time. The longer that you learn, the more this information groups together and sinks deeper into your mind. Uh, it goes from being something you have to actively think about to recognize to something that you could hear in any context and your brain automatically knows what it is. All of that takes time uh, and learning a language is not it's not a linear process, which is to say it's not a straight line. I don't go from A to B uh, with, with no diversions or problems along the way. Uh, so it's a long-term thing, so you need to dig in for the long run, which is to say, all right, I'm going to do this every day for the next two years, and then I'm going to look back and say, oh, okay, now this is the kind of progress that I'm, that I'm going to make. So we're thinking long-term, um, do something every day, and trust the process. Um, the second part of trust the process refers not so much to the time frame, but to how we deal with the process of learning a language as an adult. So 
for the second part of this point, I'm going to quote uh, my old basketball coach, uh, which gives me nightmares a little bit because it makes me think of running sprints uh, and almost dying in the sports hall all those years ago. Um, he used to tell us, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Now, he was talking about uh, a more of a physical thing. We were uh, running a lot, being in positions where our muscles were hurting and uh, we were tired and we wanted to stop. And, you know, his point was you need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because this is going to become normal, right? You want to play basketball, you're going to be running up and down the court all day. You need to have muscles that are, you know, used to that and adapted to that. Obviously, when I'm talking about language learning, we're not talking about muscles uh, and sprints, thankfully, uh, but we still have a large level of uncomfort to deal with. So what am I talking about here? I'm talking about the fact that as adults, we massively struggle to deal with the fact that when we're learning a new language, we can't understand everything. As a child, you, you don't have a choice, obviously, but you don't really recognize the extent to which you don't understand what's happening around you, right? You understand what you understand and the rest is just noise. You don't really have any context or any reason to, to think that you're missing a load of stuff. Uh, but as an adult, you're much, much more aware of the fact that lots of things are happening and lots of things that are being said uh, are going right over your head, right? You're not understanding it. And that can be a very frustrating process. Uh, and unfortunately, it leads a lot of people to think that uh, they're not in a position to engage with that type of content, right? If I watch a TV series and I only understand like 30 or 40% of what's happened, uh, I automatically start to think, well, that's a, a pointless thing for me to do. Why, why would I do that? I don't understand it. Uh, so it's not going to help me. Um, wrong basically, in short, uh, not to be rude, but uh, yeah, this isn't a uh, good way to think about it because, again, this is a long-term thing, but every time you, you watch something, you listen to something, you engage in something in English, uh, even if it's something that you've seen before, you've recognized before, uh, you're still getting a, a deeper understanding of that information. So you can think of like these, this information as sinking deeper and deeper into your mind. And as this information see, uh, sinks deeper into your mind, it takes less effort for your brain to recognize it, to recall it, to understand it. And what that means is your brain can give more energy, can commit more time and energy to focus on the rest of the information that surrounds the stuff that you have understood, right? So the first few times you watch something, you only understand five words. But if you keep watching it, those five words become easier and easier. And eventually you're going to start to be able to relate the other words that you haven't recognized to the words that you do recognize and start to build a bit of an understanding uh, around that through the context. So uh, not being able to understand something totally is completely normal and it's not a reason uh, to stop engaging with the content. So as adults, we have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because if you can teach yourself to be able to sit in front of this content that you're not completely understanding, uh, but you can, you know, understand the general gist. Um, and if, if you combine that with the consistency of getting that exposure each day, you're going to make uh, really good progress really quickly because uh, you'll be very surprised at how quickly your brain is able to piece together these different, uh, these different kind of trends and uh, and um, what's the word I'm looking for the different systems and different things that happen within the lang within language uh, yeah your, your, your brain is kind of 
has evolved, right, to be able to to notice these patterns. Patterns was the word I was looking for. So we, to to notice and to recognize patterns that happen within the language. Our brains have evolved to do that really well over a very long period of time. So if you give it the chance, it will do a lot of the work for you. So uh, yeah, trust the process, do something every day, think long term and get comfortable being uncomfortable. And so, yeah, that's that's uh, principle two. So that leads us on to principle three, which is our final principle, um, which is not something that everyone's going to like, but I'm going to say it anyway because it was really, really useful for me, and I really do think it is a, a huge help for anyone trying to learn a new language. Uh, and so principle three is to read, to read in the language that you're learning, to read in English. Uh, and so why? Why bother reading? So obviously being exposed to stories is a much more interesting way to pick up new kind of vocabulary to see the sentence structures to notice these different patterns and figure out how the how the language is working but series have stories right so why bother with reading why bother with a book well there's a couple of reasons that i'm a really big fan of books for for language learning and for reading stories specifically so the first is that there is a lot more vocabulary in a book than there is in a series uh, and so if we if we think about these things side by side we compare them uh, when you watch a series the information about what's happening is often shown to you right so you see the scene you see where they are you see what the weather is like you see the clothes that they're wearing you see the body language and the facial expressions of those people uh, so that that information isn't needed to be, uh, it's not necessary to communicate that information through words and through vocabulary, but obviously in a book you don't have that visual support. So every little bit of information that is important or even interesting needs to be communicated through words, through, through, uh, through vocabulary. Uh, and so in a book you get a huge, huge amount of vocabulary compared to a series. Uh, the other thing as well is in when you watch a series or a film, obviously you've got lots of gaps where there's transitions, there's music, there's uh, different sequences and things where no one's actually talking. So uh, reading is a really, really good use of your time because you get a lot more vocabulary and it's just all vocabulary all the time. Uh, the second reason I think reading is super useful and continuing with this parallel of, of reading and series is that reading allows you to create the images of what's happening in your mind. So again, when you watch a series and a character is introduced, for example, or a, a location is introduced, you know what it looks like because it's been shown to you. And so that's the only image of that place or that person that you have in your mind when you read a book however you have to kind of create that image so even though you're reading the description of this the, the hair color the way his eyes look the way is the shape of his nose or you know whatever it is the clothes that he's wearing and you 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 recognize those things you're getting that description it's your mind that has to create that actual image right that's why there's a lot of people that find uh, you know, if they if they like a book and then a movie is made about that book, sometimes they don't like the actor or actress that plays some of the characters because to them it looks so different to the image that they had in their mind. And so, um, yeah, the the large amount of vocabulary that you're exposed to and the ability to train your mind to create the images for yourself of what's happening uh, are both, yeah, two of the main reasons that I think reading is uh, really, really useful and really, really beneficial uh, for language learners. Um, and I will just say on the end of this point as well that I know, you know, not everyone's into reading, obviously, uh, 
Um, I actually really wasn't into reading at all before uh, I started learning Spanish. I, I liked to read non-fiction. I liked to read information, right? I like to learn, basically. And so I liked books that would teach me something, but I never, ever got into fiction books. Uh, in fact, I've never, I had never finished a fiction book uh, by choice, right, outside of school until I started learning Spanish. And actually now I've read uh, coming up to 20 full-sized novels, normal Spanish novels. And so the reason I bring this up is because I think that reading in a foreign language can actually be a lot more fun and entertaining than reading in your native language just because it all feels like a bit more of an adventure. It's all new to you. It's all exciting and you're trying to find out exactly uh, what's happening. And so, you know, when you're watching or listening to or reading a story in general, you're trying to find out what's happening, but that task becomes all the more literal when you're uh, reading in a foreign language because you're, you're trying to understand the story and actually understand the words that are used uh, to communicate that story. So, uh, so yeah. So, those are the three the three principles that I wanted to cover today. So just to summarize, number one, make the language a part of your life. Don't try and change your life to add language learning to it. You've probably got too much stuff to do already, so it's just going to fail. Um, that sounded way more mean than it was supposed to. It's, it's, it, obviously, you can make extra time, and there's some things you have to make extra time for, right? But your best chance of success is to not have to change your day-to-day -day life that much, right? So if you can incorporate the language into your day-to-day -day life, that's going to make it a lot easier to be consistent uh, and that's going to help a lot. Uh, principle two, trust the process. So long-term focus, I'm not trying to worry about am I better this week than I was last week, I'm just trying to worry about did I do something every day? Whether it's five minutes, ten minutes, two hours, it doesn't matter. But the consistency uh, to do it as regularly as possible is is really important. Uh, and then following on from that, still in, in principle two, is to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Which is to say, remember that you're not going to understand everything and that's normal. But if you can teach yourself to be patient, to, to, to sit through those moments where you're not really sure what's happening, uh, just to accept it as part of the process... There, you're going to have a lot more success. You're going to be able to expose yourself to a lot more interesting content. Uh, and again, pairing that with a consistency, uh, yeah, we're in a pretty good place. And so, yeah, finally, uh, principle three is to read. To read in in uh, in, in English, uh, to read things that you're interested about, to read stories ideally um, rather than, well, Obviously, reading news articles and magazines and all this different stuff is fine, uh, but I think there's something about reading fiction, reading stories that lends itself to uh, an easier language learning experience. So reading anything is great, but I think reading stories especially can be really helpful. Uh, and again, it's going to give you exposure to loads more vocabulary. It's going to train you to create those images, to make those associations in your mind of, of what these words mean and what they represent uh, with more than just a translation. Uh, and it's a much more fun way to get accustomed to the new vocabulary and the new grammar and everything. So yeah, so those are my three principles for three things that help me to learn Spanish and I think three things that will help you to improve your English as well. So those are the things I wanted to cover today. So I'm going to leave it there with the episode for today. Uh, thank you very much if you made it all the way to the end and listened to the whole thing. I appreciate your support. Um, 
And yeah, so we're going to have three episodes a week uh, if everything goes to plan. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, there'll be a new episode uh, every week and then hopefully some bonus stuff as well on top of that. Again, if you want access to the transcripts, you can go to the website uh, www.unlockingbritishenglish.com or just go to the description information box wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Also, if you're interested in taking conversation classes with me or interested in finding out about uh, learning English with me on a more one-to-one basis you can also find out about that on the website as well so yeah gonna leave it there for today thank you very much for listening to this episode hope you guys enjoyed it and i'll look forward to seeing you guys in the next one